Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. My name is Nick Bondi. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Bondi. I'm joined as always by my brilliant co-host, Lachlan Irvin, who you can follow him on Twitter at Lock in the Crease, and also find his work now, as we talked about in yesterday's episode, on Canucks Army. Lachlan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing all right. It's uh, it's it it's it's been a it's been a nice uh, last little uh, day and a bit here for me. Uh, and uh, it's ba- it's good to it's good to be talking about the Canucks this morning and uh, uh, playing Buffalo and being able to uh, actually use the wall behind me to to preview to have a game matchup with the jerseys. If you don't watch our uh, our YouTube videos, I've got a I've got an old very cheap Sabres jersey sitting nice mustard uh, behind yellow. me. And, Yep, it's the uh, the famous Turdburger jersey from uh, when the Sabers were really bad. I believe this was the year they were tanking for McDavid, if I if I remember correctly. That's when these came out. So they were bad. They lost a lot of games in them. Uh, Ryan Miller was there for about twenty minutes because he was too good to be on that team. So they traded him, uh, and I have a Ryan Miller jersey to prove it now. So. Yeah, they're tanking back then for McDavid, and now they're back in another uh, tanking situation uh, this season. But uh, you wouldn't know it by the start they've uh, they've gone off to. And, of course, the Vancouver Canucks are playing the Buffalo Sabres tonight in Buffalo. Uh, we'll preview that today. We have an update on the Travis Hamnick situation. He was suspended without pay yesterday, so we'll get into that. And we'll also talk about our early thoughts on the Vancouver Canucks defense. But to get started, tonight the Vancouver Canucks play the Buffalo Sabres in Buffalo, 4 p.m. local start time for puck drop. The Sabres are, are 2-0 somehow. Like, it, it, it's been very somehow. shocking so far. So, so far, they've won their first two games. And, I mean, this can either mean, A, the Sabres aren't going to be historically bad uh, this season, or B, uh, we talked about this on a, on a previous episode, how the 2016-17 Canucks won four straight games to start the season, and then, yeah, the wheels completely fell off after that. So uh, it, it, the season go, I think, either uh, two ways for Buffalo uh, from this point. Of course, uh, no Jack Eichel for the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, not going to be back with Buffalo ever, probably. Or, uh, you know, with the NHL team in the, in the near future, it sounds like this is going to be a prolonged battle between uh, Buffalo and uh, and Jack Eichel's camp. No, uh, no Casey Milstad uh, either. He was supposed to be their number one center, a uh, 2017 high pick, I believe. You know, two or three picks after Elias Patterson. He's not going to be uh, in the lineup today. Craig Anderson, yes, he is still in the league. Craig Anderson starting for the Buffalo Sabers. Uh, Lachlan, you know the Buffalo. They're probably tanking this year, but you, like we said, you wouldn't know it from the start they've gone out to. It, it, we're three, ga- we're four games into the season, right? This is the fourth game of the season for the Vancouver Canucks. Is this already a must win or am I taking crazy pills? I think it's a little bit of a must win, not because necessarily the Canucks are in dire straits by any sort, but the way the Canucks have done in the first three games has uh, been a bit of, has been a bit questionable. And it's been a mixed bag. I would say I would call it a mixed bag. A mixed bag is a perfect way of putting it. Because again, a uh, 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 three points on a road trip is on a three game and three road games is great. 
giving up five points in those three games is not good. So for the Canucks, I think you're really banking on trying to get your first regulation win of the season here. And, um, you know, like I was even thinking about the idea yesterday, like, oh, it's Buffalo. Why wouldn't they, would they not maybe consider going back to Yaro Halak just because the last game, uh, like, because the last game, not that it went badly for him specifically, but just the fact of like certain, the the way he plays is very different. Maybe they want to get the team more comfortable with him. uh, So they play him against a team like Buffalo. But because of the way the Canucks are playing, I think they're too, I think if I'm if they're knowing management, they're probably like, okay, we need a win today. We need to a bona fide guaranteed two points, so we're going to go to Demco, and we're just going to try as hard as we can for this one. And I don't really blame them because at the end of the day, the Sabers are are two and zero, and that's not for a lack of like poor play. That they've actually looked pretty good in those first two games. Although, again, that like the asterisk being one of those games was against the Arizona Coyotes who are also tanking, arguably doing a better job at tanking right now. And, um, and the other, and the other was the Montreal Canadians who are missing their best, their number one goalie, their number one defenseman. And uh, they, I believe they have another, I believe they have another injury that I'm forgetting. Well, sorry, Lachlan, the Arizona Coyotes went full scorched earth this year in terms of their rebuild, right? Like they they got Andrew Ladd playing first line minutes. At least I've heard of some of these guys on the Buffalo Sabres and they've played, you know, regularly for Buffalo over the past couple of years. It's just they don't have uh, Jack Eichel. I just find, and you mentioned that at Buffalo-Arizona battle, I just find it, fun, find it funny that uh, back, those are the two teams tanking for Connor McDavid back in the 2014-15 season, right? And we're back full circle back now in 2021 where those teams didn't get McDavid. They spun their wheels and now they're back to tanking the for only- Connor McDavid, right? I think it's been memory hold in that 2014-15 season the Edmonton Oilers weren't even supposed to be tanking. They were like legitimately trying to be a playoff team. They just failed that's spectacularly right. to getting Connor so McDavid, bad. right? Yeah. The only thing that's changed about the Sabres Coyotes games uh from that um in that era to now is that the jerseys got way better. The the jerseys yeah. are much better for both teams now. Instead of navy blue and like gold for this instead of navy blue, they went back to royal blue in Buffalo, and then the Coyotes brought back the Kachinas full time this year. So it's the, at least the jersey matchup has vastly improved since the last time those two teams were as bad as they were. Also, like props to the NHL schedule makers who whoever's idea it was to schedule that game week one of the season and bury it on a Saturday on or on a Sunday morning or whatever, like a like a Saturday morning. Saturday morning. morning. Saturday morning. Uh, well done. You, that was a very good call. <laughs> I, I think getting those game, those two, the games between those two teams out of the way as soon as possible is a very smart decision. Yeah. Um, it's and but at the same time, there are very good players on the Sabers who are like gonna uh, obviously gonna uh, be a part of this league for a very long time, like Dylan Cousins, who's now playing first line minutes uh, with Casey Middlestad out. Uh, you've you've seen him at the World Juniors, I'm sure. He's got yeah. a he's a he's, he's a very Canada's arguably best player last World Juniors in the bubble of Edmonton. Yep, exactly. He was very very good, and um, he's getting a good opportunity here playing uh centering uh, Jeff Skinner and Vinny Hinnestroza. So that's like, and that's not a bad looking line. Like on paper, that's not a bad looking line. It's not maybe a first line in most on in, on any other NHL team, but it's definitely a good like a decent a decent looking. 
uh, uh, scoring line there. Um, and then the other, and then obviously you have uh, Rasmus Dahlin uh, going up against Quinn Hughes here today. The battle of those uh, two def- of the two of the best young defensemen in the league. Um, you know what's wild though uh, that I saw today. Appar- according to the Buffalo Sabres website, this is Rasmus Dahlin's two hundredth NHL game, and well, that no. is that's like wild to me. Like that just doesn't seem correct that feels like it that it feels like he's only been in the league for like a year or so but it's like yeah that that totally it totally lines every, up every 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 year in, in the buffalo sabers organization ages you five so he's like he's like grizzled vet right now it really does like he we might be underselling it how how much it ages players when they go through that team in the least in recent memory um and yeah, I think this is a case where the Canucks are really going to be go are really they really want to win, obviously. But like this is a game where expert analysis, they, they really yeah. want to win. Yeah, it's a yeah. <laughs> There's like the the dodge the scene in dodgeball where uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a uh, oh man, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, I keep I, uh, no um uh, the 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 play by play guy. Um, I it's not important. But he's just like I spoke to the team before this. They said his team really wants to win this one. Like yeah. it was like really. I uh, Jason Bateman. That's what his name is. Anyway, yes. I was yeah. totally he blanking was on his name. Movie, yeah, yeah. Um, and but either way, this is a case where the Canucks maybe would have come into this game thinking, ah, oh, this is an easy cakewalk game. We'll be fine. But I think I think they're coming in a little bit more nervous than they might have been had at least one of those games got a little bit better for them. Yeah, and you mentioned Brock Besser maybe is back in, in the lineup tonight. That would be huge for the first power play, I think, to uh, to have a full-strength power play and see uh, where that goes. You mentioned uh, you mentioned Yaro Halak potentially starting this one. I don't think so. Uh, I, we talked about it from uh, under the Detroit game, but Yaro Halak does not inspire that much confidence to me. And it, I know it's one game, and you know what? He's a, he's a long-time NHL goalie. Maybe he shakes it off going forward but it, i would almost agree that this is very close to a, to a must win game on a road trip because you look at the next two games uh you've got chicago and seattle now chicago hasn't gone off to that great of a start they've given up like three goals every first period they got just terrible starts but i mean the canucks have not gone off to good starts uh either right in, in the in these road games they've given up the first goal in, in each game so it's a, it's a question of the uh the unstoppable force versus the immovable object uh, in that game. Like something's got to give uh, either for the Canucks or Seattle or, or Chicago rather. And Seattle Saturday night, that's that's a home opener for Seattle. Their first ever home game. Like they're going to be jacked to win that game yeah. in front of their home fans for the first time ever. That will be a very tough game. And if you're banking on trying to get two points after maybe dropping points against Buffalo and Chicago, that will be a very tough task, even though, you know, Seattle obviously last night got pumped by uh, the Flyers. They just got manhandled. I unfortunately yes. had money on the Seattle Kraken, which was a, uh, which was pretty unfortunate. But uh, y- you know what? Um, it, I think you know you look at the the three games left on this road trip. Buffalo, you would say on paper is the most winnable one, right? Like it's pretty important to get two points. I mean, I'll say right now, I think the more winnable game is Chicago because really? oh, they have looked so bad. But, like they, they looked, but the Chicago still has Patrick Kane and all those guys. Like they have like legit forward oh, for talent. Sure. Get, like legit NHL forward talent. Who's Buffalo? I think Debrink. I think Debrink gets injured. Didn't he get injured uh, in a game? But like all either right. way, even still, even still, like even if he is hand healthy, up, hand up. I didn't know that. 
But they still have uh, Patrick Kane. He's uh, pretty good. Or no, no, he is in the lineup. Okay, okay that's fake fine. news. Okay, fake I news. thought I heard. I thought I heard him. I thought I heard he exited a game right. early. Lachlan, please um, apologize to the to the listeners. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, um, but I. Um, but anyway, I think right now the 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 Hawks are a team that's um, the 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 Sabers are a team that has confidence right now, and they're playing in a in a position where they're actually like. They're feeling good about themselves in the early going here. Uh, Chicago has been melting down in a lot of their games. I do know for sure that there was a reporter at the game in Pittsburgh after Flurry got pulled, where apparently uh, he had a like he was like I have a I have a direct line of vision into uh, the into the tunnel behind the Hawks uh, bench, and uh, Mark Andre Flurry is not having a good time he is uh and basically like that's your big off-season acquisition throw a little hissy fit in the tunnel Uh, throw a little hissy fit in the tunnel um which is very unlike Marc-Andre Fleury if you know Mm. anything about his style like his personality that's so not like him which means the Hawks have already broken him and (laughs) this is a team that is not playing with that the Hawks are a team that are not playing with any sort of confidence they look like a complete disaster in their own in their own end of the ice. Um, maybe giving Seth Jones $9 million was a bad decision already. And give up <laughs> but, a first round pick to do so. Yeah. And that's right. And the, and just the, the whole idea that they bought at this time and thought they were actually good enough to start winning games again is very funny. Um, at least Buffalo kind of knows what they are and kind of yeah. knows what they're going at least for. Buffalo this knows year. they're terrible and they're leading. Buffalo into has at least Buffalo has some sort of sanity, which is not something you can say about the Sabres for a while. Um, I, either way, yeah, I think the Canucks need to win this game because of the the fact of you don't want to add doubt. You don't want to cast doubt going into the last two games of the road trip. You wanna you wanna give yourself as many opportunities to come out of this with like the. The split, I guess, with the split, I guess, because again, the what do we always say with road trips, right? The best, the best, uh, uh, like a, a, a successful road trip is usually fifty percent of the points you can get. That's usually yeah. what they say. If you can win half your games on the road, you're doing pretty well. So you know, if they win tonight, that's five out of a possible six. That's five out of a. That's five out of five out of the six they need. And then you go into Chicago, you're at you're you're over and win a game, you're over seven. Five so out of eight. You, They've been four. Yeah, five, yeah, five out of eight. I meant five out of a pot out of the six they would oh, need to okay. win. They All have right. six that, points out is, of a pot. See, this is club. why we're podcasters. Math is not our strong suit. Math is not our strong suit. No, we are not the stats nerds. We are the uh we are we are very much the uh yeah, watch the game. <laughs> does anybody have a calculator? Like <laughs> a group. Um, yeah. It's and yeah, so yeah, if they can say walk out win the next two games starting with tonight in Buffalo. They finish the road trip with at least seven points, and that's a and that's a pretty good start to your year. Yeah, and if you're uh, confident about the Vancouver Canucks tonight, you can feel free to place some money down at our sponsor, Bet Online AG. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball, football, and hockey action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. 
You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, so we have a update on the Travis Hamnick situation. Honestly, uh, he was he was sent down to uh, the minor league affiliate, the Absolute Canucks in the AHL, uh, just over a week ago. I, I would say, uh, you know, it's another. This is another step in the Travis Hamnick uh, saga this season. Uh, Hamnick has been officially suspended without pay by the Vancouver Canucks. I have the statement right here from the organization. "Quote: General Manager Jim Benning announced today that defenseman Travis Hamnick." has been placed on temporary leave of absence. The mutually agreed upon leave of absence will give Travis time as he works through his personal matters. The team asks that media respects Travis's privacy and the club will not be making any further comment on this matter at this time. Uh, Lachlan, obviously, it, it, this, is a, this is a pretty complicated situation in the sense that I think if you read the tea leaves, uh, a lot of this would point to the fact that Travis Hamnick uh, hasn't been vaccinated, and that's why this kind of standoff is taking place. But there's also, you know, pro- a, a, probably a, a bit more to it than just him not getting vaccinated, right? Like all the insiders that have reported on this issue, I've, I've been, tried to be very careful on the situation. I, I think, and I think that's important to note because if it was just him not wanting to get vaccinated, I think, you know, one of these insiders would have reported it already and. You know, we would have some clarity, but when you have guys like Elliot Freeman and even local guys like Thomas Trance who are well connected to the team, uh, trying to tiptoe and be very careful about what they say on the situation, it it, it lends it lends itself to me thinking that it, it's all it it hit it is about him not wanting to get vaccinated, but there's also more to this story than that. Yeah, there's definitely more to it than that. The problem is the way the Canucks are handling it, they're not really doing him any favors by, again, not being upfront about, like, enough, um, about enough. Mm-hmm. To a sense, like, um, one of the things I talked about on my other show, The Creasecast, last night, uh, when we were talking about this uh, after go subscribe. was... Yes, go subscribe. It, um, I, we talked about how, um, I don't know if you're, if you remember a couple seasons ago, there was the situation where Jacob Markstrom had to take a personal leave because his, uh, his, his father was passed away. And I remember at the time the Canucks did a really good job of basically giving as much information as they could without giving what away, what it was to the point where it was like very, very clear that, oh, like it was clear to everybody that oh we're gonna leave this alone we're not gonna mm-hmm. you know we don't there's not we're not gonna touch on this right they didn't have they didn't have to say anything they did the Canucks did enough of a good enough job with uh in the in the PR standpoint to for people to know oh this is serious we're gonna leave it alone well Locker Whereas, I think this sorry I, Locker I think this all started when Jim Benning at his one of his press availabilities right before training camp said everyone in his organization will be 100 percent fully vaccinated. And he made that very clear. And he said, Hamnick's going to be here soon. And then, yeah. oh, he's not here. And we're waiting on Hamnick. Still not here. 
Uh, it looks, and that's where, where, where I think the confusion and the doubt comes from, because when you say somewhat, everyone has to be hundred percent fully vaccinated and will be hundred uh, percent fully, fully vaccinated. One guy's not here and he never shows up like that. That's going to, yeah. that's going to lead to some questions. It's it's and last uh, even last week he said uh, that he expects Travis Hamannick to be reporting to Abbotsford and of course that didn't happen so it's like why do you, it's like why are you saying it if like you kind of can see what's going on like I don't think he I think he knows that that wasn't going to happen so why would he say it at all um, the thing that's really important here though with the with the uh, situation so cap so original so the people who originally fa- figured this out was cap friendly uh, basically they sent out a tweet yesterday saying that based on the information they have at their disposal uh, currently um, Travis Hamannick is carrying a cap hit of zero which means that the Canucks suspended suspended him without pay which is uh, which is what prompted the Canucks PR release where they said basically they said, like, you know, they were very, they're trying to be like, no, it's not suspended without pay. This is a mutual thing, right? Like there's a mutual leave of absence thing. W- at which point Cap Friendly came back and said, like, as previous, like, this is the official, this is the full quote from the tweet. As previously stated, Hamannick currently does not have a cap hit. In this situation where the player takes a leave of absence and the team isn't paying their salary, the player has no cap hit for the duration. For cap purposes, this is the same as suspended without pay. So it means the same thing in the NHL, like CBA rules, essentially. And what's also really important about that is that to be able to put zero, to be able to suspend a player without pay, essentially, or get away with not paying a cap hit, there has to be cause. You have to be able to prove that they that they did something, that whatever the, the player is doing is not uh, beneficial to the team or something that they're essentially... Because otherwise, teams would just say, oh, I don't feel like paying this guy and just not, right? So there has to be like built fail safes in place to prove that what they're doing is not uh, something the team is, is something against the like in violation of their contract to not pay them. So, and then you look at other situations like uh, uh, Samantha uh, from the broadcast actually put out uh, a thread like talking about like some recent situations with other personal issues and stuff. And ha- like the, the, the yeah. a really good example being she probably knows what she's talking about. Yeah, she's a lawyer. So she, when she can read the CBA and know exactly what's going on in there. And then what, and one of the, the perfect examples she brought up was Jonathan Druan last year. He le- he took a leave of absence uh, for most of, I think most of the season uh, due to uh, what we what we found out very recently was uh, dealing with anxiety and uh, sleep mm-hmm. disorders uh, and the Canadians paid him th- through the whole thing the he uh, they didn't ne- they never took him off their books he was and the Canadians are, and it's not like the Canadians are a team that uh, has plenty of uh, money to burn in their salary cap. They're always a cap team. They're always paying a whole lot of amount. So they, it, it could have been beneficial to them to not, but they couldn't. They obviously weren't going to do that to a guy who is dealing with anxiety. You don't take a guy's income away when he's dealing with something serious, oh, yeah. like a serious, a serious health situation, obviously. So for the Canucks to be able to do this here would very, very much guarantee that whatever's going on is something that is not is detrimental to the team. It's not something, and that could be something other than the the vaccination stuff that's been going on. There also, again, there still very well could be a second thing involved with this that we don't know about. But as far as we know, but at the very least, we know right now that 
it is like that the Canucks cannot uh, be cannot get away with giving a guy a zero cap hit if um, if there's not if they haven't if they haven't violated a contract clause of some kind. So that is so that kind of tells you what you need to know right now. Lachlan, if the uh, if the podcasting game doesn't work out, you may have a future as a lawyer. That was a uh, very very well explained with the with the CBA and uh, and everything, man. Oh, good. I do. Thank I'm you. Impressed. I do like. I'm to really argue. impressed. <laughs> I, I I try I try my best. I'm admittedly, you know, I'm not I'm not I try to I'm very much the dress for the job you have you want, not the job you have kind of guy, in the sense of like I try to be as professional a reporter as I can without being there, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, that, that was really well done, man. Uh thank you. You know, you, you know what? It. My uh my my theory on this and just me reading the whole situation is I think what happened is back in July, I think both the player and the team thought that you know, they, he could maybe get away with not being vaccinated. You got You got to remember back in July, they were, the provincial government was saying there wouldn't be any restrictions come Labor Day, right? And now we've got, you know, vaccine passports and team has to be fully vaccinated. I thought maybe they thought, you know, both the player and the team were like, you know what, if you don't want to get vaccinated, you could hold off a bit. It's looking pretty good uh, right now. And then obviously things change. You need to uh, you need to be double. Va- you're going to be pretty soon. Need to be doubly vaccinated to even get into Rogers Arena. Uh, I don't know if that applies for the players, but for everyone else who's not a player, uh, that's probably going to be be the case. So I think that's kind of that. That's my reading of the situation again. I want to reiterate that is my personal opinion, but I, that's just me reading the situation from uh, a, a, a podcaster's slash fans view. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll we will see. Event. I'm sure eventually it's going to. Obviously, eventually it's going to come out what happened here. Like this is one of those stories. I think that there's more than the vaccine situation though, because like like I, I, like I mentioned, like when guys like Elliot Freeman are tiptoeing around this, like there's there's more to it. If it was just he does not want to be vaccinated, that would have been reported on by now, and that would someone would have gone on the record like a big like what I call the the capital J journalists, right? The uh, the the big national insiders. Someone would have reported something about it, but we haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, I think the only thing that we can glean right now is I think Gary Bettman at the um, at the beginning of the year. uh, I forget what who he was being interviewed by. It might have been ESPN. Um, I think he said I think the number he gave that he said was there are only four players who aren't vaccinated in the NHL. We know. We know two of the one of them is Tyler Bertuzzi, one of them is Mackenzie Blackwood, and I don't know who I don't know if we know who the other two are. Well, and even Mackenzie Blackwood changed his mind. Uh, has he officially changed his mind? Is that happening? I think I remember reading something about he's going to get vaccinated. They can. Well, there you go. That's good. So he's still tech. So he's still technically. But I think he's still technically unvaccinated. Yeah, until until he until he gets vaccinated, he still technically counts as one of those four. Um, so, and I don't know who the other, I don't believe I know who the other two are. Maybe it's, it's an easy Google search, but you know, that would kind of, that kind of, and I, again, that could not be Travis Hammond. could not be involved. Technically not be one of those. Gary Bettman is a lawyer and he knows he could, and he knows that he could, uh, he could not, he could not have to include Travis Hammond in that conversation if he wanted to, because he's technically not here. So he's not technically in the NHL, that lawyer speak, you know how it goes. Um, so, but like, yeah, we will find out eventually what it is. Uh, and at the end event, at the end of the day, you just want to hope that the Canucks are doing the right thing in terms of like who, 
who they're protecting here. I think the biggest concern for me of anything is the fact of, you know, the Canucks are a big, are an important part of BC in terms of like, they can, they can um, make things, they can make things more real based on uh, what they do and how they act and everything. And I just want to believe that the team, you know, is not going to try, is not going to try and, you know, essentially give like um, help and help out in the case of like for the people and give people like reason to say, oh, if this hockey player won't get vaccinated, then I don't have to either kind of thing. Right. You hope. And for the most part, the Canucks seem like they're doing a good job in the sense of obviously he's not here. They, they very easily could try, could bring him through anyway, could let him come anyway without it. So the fact that they're not letting that, or they're not, if he is, if he is unvaccinated, they're not letting him, if they, if, if he's not vaccinated, not letting him play is a good thing because it doesn't give weight. It doesn't give any extra weight to the idea that you can't, that you can just live through life without it kind of thing. So that's kind of at the end of the day, what I think is most important is just making sure that, um, you know, everyone else gets vaccinated and the Canucks are setting the right example kind of thing. Yeah. Credit to the Vancouver Canucks organization for using everything in their disposal to, you know, hold the line against allegedly, again, we want to reiterate that uh, allegedly someone who maybe is, does not want to get uh, vaccinated. Uh, and I'm sure there's going to be more updates uh, throughout the season on the Travis Hamnick situation. Cause I don't think this is a situation or a story that's, going to go away just tomorrow what but maybe it could uh and we're going to end the episode with some talk about the vancouver canucks defense uh early on in this season before that a word from our sponsor rock auto with the ever-increasing number of makes and models it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer Choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. With rockauto.com, you can save time and money. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How'd you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Okay, Lachlan. The Vancouver Canucks defense so far this season. Uh, early thoughts. Uh, Quinn Hughes looking pretty good. I thought you know he played especially very well against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers on Friday night. He was back to uh, to rookie Quinn Hughes. You know we ha- we have the saying bubble Demko rookie Quinn Hughes. We got we got to make that happen uh, at some point. Uh, OEL, OEL, he, he's had a good start to the season. And, you know, I was on the, uh, I was on the SCT show with, uh, Tambier and the boys, uh, last night. And I mentioned, you know, sometimes for a player like OEL, it, it, you know, he's been, he was in a situation in Arizona where the team was spinning its wheels. We've talked, we just talked about Arizona earlier in the podcast, not going anywhere, you know, I, I going to a team like the Vancouver Canucks and say, what you will about the Vancouver Canucks if they're a Stanley Cup contender, playoff contender, what have you. It's a team with expectations. And that can rejuvenate someone like OEL, who pretty much for the majority of his career, like the Coyotes were pretty decent when he first got there. They were a playoff team, but, you know, for the last six, seven years, they 
were spinning their wheels and they weren't really, there was no expectations. And he was probably answering more questions about where they were going to play more than what was happening on the ice. Right. So to, for OEL to, uh, to go to a team, you know, in Vancouver that has expectations and where, where it matters, where hockey matters, that can rejuvenate a guy like OEL. And I think we're seeing in that right now. I mean, it's still early. It's only three games into the season, but we've had, you know, we've had enough, a few games here to see that OEL looks like he could be a legitimate top four guy for his team. And if that happens, uh, that that's huge. That's huge for this team, right? Yeah. Uh, you mentioned, you mentioned the OEL's time in Arizona, like, especially like even in the last two years where the team was actually kind of okay. And like, kind of like making a decent, like had a couple like decent playoff, uh, opportunities. There was just so much going on outside of hockey. Like it was probably probably tough. There was yeah, the, yeah. There was the whole John Chaka thing. There was the whole um, uh, I think it was uh, Katie Strang uh, yeah. piece that came out. The owner just being a bit, bit of a toxic, slimy guy. Yeah, the the toxic work environment the Coyotes had created in their in their in their uh, in under new ownership. Like there was a whole a whole mess of problems. And as a player, that's got to be so. When yeah. you're a guy who's only wants to, who wants to focus on playing hockey and stuff, it's got to be so demoralizing. Yeah, to and be Lachlan, about literally I mentioned, I mentioned the Blake Griffin situation in the NBA, and obviously totally different sport. But Blake Griffin got traded from a, a decent team in the Clippers to the Pistons, a team very much like the Arizona Coyotes. You know, they're not getting relocated, but they're yeah. they're, they're a terrible team. First overall pick last year, worst team in the NBA. Um, and guess what? Blake Griffin literally dogged it for a year and a half. Didn't attempt a single dunk. First game on the Brooklyn Nets. Guess what he does? Attempts three dunks and actually makes them. Uh, you know, so like some guys just like in a situation where there's not that much hope and, you know, that franchise is spinning its wheels. You can kind of just lose focus and not, you know, worry about the little things that make you the, the type of athlete that you can be in. Maybe OEL's discovered that back in uh, Arizona. I know Thomas Trance, uh, of the athletic, I was reading his article on the quotes from OEL. He seems jacked up to be on a team and in a city that cares about hockey. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm quite liking OEL in the early going myself. I thought he's I was going to be a little bit more worried about him in the year, uh, but no, he's done quite well. And um, yeah, uh, the yeah, you, I think we talked when he uh, first uh, when he did his first press conference and everything. He was like having a joke. He was joking around. He was having. He was in like a super good mood, and I was like, "Oh, this guy's kind of funny. I kind of like this." Uh, he's he's Alex Edler, but like not, but more like interesting. He's like a more. He's a less quiet Alex Edler, um, and uh, he's been fun to watch. He's been getting. He's he's been getting engaged in the play a lot. He has been. Um, the he's been getting involved in like scrums and stuff too which is a little yeah bit, oh like, he has out of his... snarl to his game i did not know that yeah. it's i, like I it don't though. think i don't think i don't feel like we saw much of that with him as a coyote oh we didn't so, watch much maybe coyotes i could be general. wrong maybe we maybe we asked a lot co- we didn't oh, watch God, much coyotes no. in general so those are the worst those were those and the those games were the worst ones to watch particularly because at least for like the last little while because both teams were so bad for such a long time it was like oh those ga- those games were borderline were the closest i was ever like i don't need to watch this game like was, those are the closest i came um but yeah the overall the entire defense like here's the thing i think a lot of us were coming in thinking expecting a lot more worries even though you know like the Oilers, Flyers. Well, the Oilers are pretty are very very good offensively, but like the Flyers and the the Red Wings aren't world beaters by any stretch. But they haven't looked too bad. Like they've had a couple ga- like 
mistakes here and there, but every team does. And overall, like the the flaws that I think are still po- are still gonna probably show up at some point. Like so far, they've been fine. Like I think Tyler Myers has been actually very good in his own end of the ice, and he's actually been doing a pretty good job at like keeping chances, scoring chances out of his own end, out of his own end, which is very surprising. It's very, it's not like he still had his couple, like he still has his, you know, his, 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 his flaws, but like overall he's been playing a lot better than I anticipate, especially after the last couple of years that I've seen him. So I, I like, I, I like what I'm seeing from him there so far. Um, I really like Kyle Burrows. Uh, Kyle Burrows has been playing uh, very well for a guy who doesn't have a lot of NHL experience under this belt. He's been looking He's like, as a guy, like, again, you haven't noticed him much and that's a good, and that's what he said is the best part of his game is that he's like, if you're not noticing me, that's a good thing. Like he said that, I think after his first game and that's kind of what you want. Like you, it's, it's good that he recognizes that's his role and that uh, he, if he steps up, it's to make a safe, smart play. And that's, uh, and that's what you want from this group right now. You want stability. You want the ability to uh, give, provide your goaltender with as much, um, with as much help as possible. And so far they're doing that. Myers is still in his grace period from uh, hitting Duncan Keith. Like he's still, he's still in that grace period. Oh yes, think, you know, for he, sure. He's, he's still, he's gonna, he's gonna be in that grace period at least for a while. I was talking about this on SCT show last night where we were talking about it. What Tyler Myers should have done is instead of saying, Oh, I didn't know who was in the corner. He should have been like, yeah, I knew it was Keith. And I wanted to like lay him out. That would have, yeah, been, I mean, he would have been, been reading like a favorite books. right then and there. Yeah, he's like I've been reading Canucks books. I've been uh, I've been reading the whole history of the team. I, I know, know what's up. I know I've I've been re- I've been taking the pulse of the fans, and I know you want me just to I, I, absolutely level Duncan Keith. And guess what? I did it. Now stop talking call, shit about me. Yeah, like there, there, there we go. That if, hey, if he did, like <laughs> if that were true, like power. I would have bought him, a Tyler Myers jersey like right then and there. <laughs> there you go. Well, there you go. Uh, and, yeah. And sorry. And to mention your point on Kyle Burroughs, what I like about Kyle Burroughs is he knows his role next to Jack Rathbone. It is kind of maybe stay back a bit, clean up, and just let you know let 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 let, uh, let Rathbone cook. Let him do his thing. Let him be on the puck and make moves. And he had a good game against uh, Detroit, right? He had a couple of nice shots, and I think he had the crossbar or something like that. Like he was, uh, he, he had a really good game. And I, I like how Kyle Burroughs knows his role beside a guy yeah. like Jack Rathbone, right? Like he is very much a stay at the quote unquote, stay at home defenseman, you know, you know, tie up the guy, you know, making up a nice couple of stick checks and let, let, let Rathbone cook, let him be on the puck. You don't need to be on the puck. Rathbone can take care of that for both of you guys. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. The only, really the only defenseman so far that I haven't really had much to say about is Tucker Pullman. And even that's kind of more than I was expecting early on from Tucker Pullman. Like I thought he was going to be a lot more of like a, I thought I was going to see a lot more plays from him where I'm like, Oh, he was not, or he, you know, is a bit of a defensive breakdown, but no, he's been, I have, I haven't noticed him much. And that's, and I would say in the early going, that's a good thing for him because he's still learning. He's with a new team and everything. Um, and yeah, like overall, like, yeah, the, considering what I think the kind of the disaster zone I thought we were coming in with, with this defense so far, it's been much better than I expected. And that's good. It could, it very well could come down to earth later, but for now, you know, let's hope that they keep it up. Yeah. I've been crossing my fingers this, this entire segment, because, you know, like you said, like the wheels could fall off at any moment. And we haven't mentioned Tucker Pullman. 
Um, I th- I think he's a very good skater for someone his size. Like that's what stands out to me. Like he's very mobile, and he, he like playing with Quinn Hughes. It's very much uh, the Kyle Burroughs situation where he knows that Quinn Hughes is going to be the guy, you know, holding on to the puck, making his moves, doing his thing, and he just needs to make sure he doesn't mess up and make sure he gets the puck to Quinn Hughes when possible, right? Like that's what I've liked about Tucker Pullman so far when he's played with Quinn Hughes. I, a lot of people, including myself, penciled him in with OEL to start the season, but uh, Tucker Pullman and, and Quinn Hughes, that could be a pairing going forward. Yeah, Tucker Pullman and Quinn Hughes. Yeah, I I think it's possible though. I think it's possible. I like. I think I I think again, it's one of those cases where it's very much a. If you had a better option there, you probably wish you wish you had a better option there. Just in terms of like, and Quinn you know Hughes what, with three playing. million now without Hamannik, you you can go out and get a right shot defenseman if if you really really need to. Uh, I don't know who's available out there as you as free agent or via trade that would be a good fit with the Canucks. But that's a good question. Right? That might be something. Uh, that might be something to explore in a in a fu- at a future time because just yeah, and, and again, that entirely depends on the idea that you know Travis Hamnick doesn't play a single game because if that happens, then suddenly there's trouble. Um, but it is it is possible that they could try and find something. I think the the biggest problem really is just the fact that you know Quinn Hughes is a great great defenseman and. For what they have and for what the Canucks assets are available at their disposal, that they are that they would actually that would actually be worth trying to trade, uh, trying to trade for a defenseman. They don't really have enough to get somebody to bring in somebody without losing something big. So at least not one. If at least not if you're if you're um, if what you're searching for is Quinn Hughes is Quinn Hughes' partner, right? Because like you look at all the other like. Uh, defenseman in the league like the pairings that just uh where it's like when you have a great one you look for as you look for almost as as good of one to play alongside them kind of thing right like you you want that defense that can a defenseman that can be as good and contribute as much as the star he's playing alongside and that's kind of where the difficulty comes in it's just they don't they maybe can't find that but they can they can they could find some better depth potentially out there via trade uh for the right price i think yeah, absolutely. So, Lachlan, we'll end with this. Give your letter grade for the Canucks defense so far this season. Um, I would give the Canucks a B minus, uh, defense a B minus. I think they've done. Uh, I think they've done as uh, as well, better than I expected. Not like crazy amazing, but uh, I feel that the group that they have there, um, at least on that right side or on the left side, especially, I think uh, I'd like to see the sustained ability to keep up with the uh to keep up at this pace uh from Hughes, OEL and uh Rathbone. The right side I expect to fall back to earth a little bit, but honestly they've done pretty well. Like they've done quite well. Yeah, no, a terrible podcasting, but I agree with you uh, 100%. Uh B minus is is a fair grade I think so far for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh like you 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 uh you mentioned it perfectly. Guys like OEL Rathbone. I think we all expected Jeff Rathbone to be pretty decent, but OEL's been a big surprise. And for guys like Pullman and uh, Tyler Myers, good starts, but I think maybe those guys are a bit less sustainable than maybe some players like uh, Rathbone OBL and especially uh, Quinn Hughes. Uh, before we end the episode, special announcement on this podcast. Uh, it is This is tough to say. This is tough to say. Uh, I'm going to be leaving the podcast. Yeah, it is a sad announcement. I'm going to be leaving the podcast on next Wednesday. Next Wednesday will be my last episode uh, of Locked On Canucks. It was it was a brief time on Locked On Canucks, but it was a fruitful uh, time on Locked 
locked on I, Canucks. I was too difficult to work with. I was yeah. too much of Cre- a we're gonna daughter. we're gonna officially say fault. on the record creative difficulties. That is what's uh, <laughs> that is what's making split. That's um, what's making it. We should actually say though, you are actually going on to a pretty great uh, full time gig. Yeah, getting, uh, I don't know how much you're allowed to talk about it, but you're getting. Uh, uh, we'll gonna... talk about it maybe uh, maybe on the last episode. But uh, yeah, is it, it? It's nothing nothing to do with with you. You're a great guy. Uh, I, I, I've never met you in person. We've done this for a month. I already consider you a friend. That's that's how oh. that's how well I think we we've, we've worked together and. Uh, yeah, no, well, maybe we'll talk about it on a future episode, but it's just this is a job I'm taking. I'm, I'm not going to be able to uh, do that, do this podcast uh, anymore. Uh, but what you know what they say, Lachlan, don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Right. Perfect. Perfect way of putting it. Yeah. And, um, uh, that- I will still be here. I will still be here doing the show uh, for the time being. So, uh, yeah, just uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, we'll definitely listen in. For not going last, anywhere uh, on Twitter. Not going anywhere on Twitter. You can still see my 100% correct Canucks <laughs> takes online. You're not just dropping off the face. Of no, the I, haven't been, I, haven't, I haven't been hired by uh, by NHL team's analytics department. So and nothing like that. So no. that has it for today's episode of Locked on Canucks, part of the Locked on podcast network uh make, thank you for making locked on connects your first listen of the day and don't forget to make your second listen of the day locked on fancy hockey host scott Collin leans on his decades of fancy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league it's free and available on all platforms see you tomorrow